A pulsing buzz rattled my nightstand, pulling me from a quietly bizarre dream. I half opened my eyes to see my phone lighting up a good portion of the wall and ceiling in the otherwise dark room. A phone call? At this hour? I raised it to see the screen. An emergency alert. Through squinted eyes I read, This is a test of the emergency alert system, before acknowledging it. 2.16 a.m. Slightly annoyed, I rolled over and drifted back to sleep. When my morning alarm sounded, I begrudgingly switched it off, forced myself to pull the covers aside and get out of bed. Coffee was my first instinct. I made my way to the kitchen and put the kettle on. Daylight was creeping over the horizon and spilling into the backyard. Thursday. One more day until the weekend. That's what my life has become, I thought as I watched the early birds fly past, counting the work days away. The whistling kettle brought me back to the kitchen. I poured it into the press and put a bagel in the toaster. What if I just left, I thought. Start driving north at first, and taking random turns here and there. What would the place I ended up in look like? Find a cheap hotel and stay the night. Do something spontaneous to break the spell the monotony had over me. I romanticized the idea as I nibbled at the bagel and drank the coffee. I turned on the shower and brushed my teeth while I waited for the water to heat up. I could call in sick. I had plenty of time saved up. The idea actually brought a wave of excitement that I hadn't felt in ages. A long weekend to figure things out. Stop at any place that looks interesting, see new things. I made up my mind to do it as I stepped past the curtain into the steaming water. I would tell them I threw up and my stomach wouldn't settle. Pack an overnight bag, hit the road. I tried to mentally calculate the furthest I could go before I had to turn around and come home, but stopped myself. I didn't want to plan. I wanted to go off of gut feeling. I finished and turned off the shower, becoming aware of the vibrating pattern of my phone on the nightstand. I sighed and gave my body a quick once-over with the towel before wrapping it around me and going into the bedroom. Another emergency alert. This time it was an empty white box with emergency alert at the top. And that was it. I dismissed it and tossed the phone on the bed as I crossed the room to the dresser. After sufficiently drying, I tossed the towel on the hamper and dressed, planning the conversation with my manager. Maybe I could cough before calling to get that scratchy quality to my voice to make it more believable. My official title was Data Retention Analyst, and it boiled down to me sitting behind a desk and making copies of whatever documents came through, then filing them into the correct cabinets. Hard copies instead of digital, more difficult to be lost or compromised. In my four years there, not once had anyone ever needed access to the hard copies, or even asked about them. My job only existed because they hadn't figured out a reliable way to replace it with the machine. A great reminder to how essential it is to the company. I picked up the phone, ready to sound as pathetic as possible and dialed. 
a pre-recorded message blasted out of the speaker. We're sorry, the number you are trying to reach has been disconnected. I hung up and checked the number to make sure I called the right one. Must be having phone issues, I thought. I waited and dialed again only to be greeted with the same message. Bitterly, I restarted my phone to rule out the possibility of the issue being on my end. The company had a no-call, no-show policy that resulted in immediate termination. If I couldn't get through to anyone, I would have to go into work, and that would be a severe blow to the hopefulness I had that morning. The phone came back on with a line through the network icon and emergency calls only prominently displayed. I restarted it again. And again. My heart sank and I felt the energy drain from me. My plans were upended. I resigned to my fate and checked the time. I had to leave in the next five minutes or risk being late. I pocketed the phone and finished getting ready for work. Maybe it wouldn't be so bad and I could plant the seed of not feeling well so I could call in tomorrow. Then again, I might lose the nerve and decide not to take a trip at all, like I do with most things. I left the house repeating to myself during the drive that there was only one more day until the weekend. I scanned my ID at the side entrance of the building, next to the enclosed backup generator that hummed ominously each time I passed. The door closed loudly behind me as I walked through the labyrinthine halls. I reached the elevator and pressed the call button. Hurried footsteps echoed in the distance, and a small, plump man rounded the corner, beelining to the elevator. I took a step back, and he came to a tottering stop a few paces away. His ID had a picture that was far out of date. Less weight and more hair. Parker, 0716, Analyst. Are you okay? I asked. He looked at me, then the floor indicator impatiently. He was sweating and slightly out of breath. There's been an incident, he finally said. He didn't take his eyes off the slowly changing number. His urgency made me uneasy. What kind of incident? I followed. He glanced at my ID before locking his gaze back on the indicator. Four more floors. A breach, he replied. I straightened. A breach? Where? What? Monroe facility. Reported 28 minutes ago. We don't know how long it's actually been. The elevator dinged and the door slid lazily open. We hurried inside and he pressed the floor button rapidly as the door shut. We began our descent. After a moment, I repeated my last question. What is it? He looked at me and I felt the intensity of his gaze. You're in records. I assume you're familiar with what we have and what we do. They tell you not to read any of the documents, but you can't help gleaming pieces of information here and there as you process them. They accept that you will, sooner or later, but are confident you won't share it with anyone outside. They have... ways of knowing. He was completely serious. 
I just assumed they were code names for something else, maybe military, I replied, obfuscated to prevent any actual information from being intercepted. A lot of it is obtuse or doesn't make sense. He shook his head. Most of what is contained in those records is, to the letter, entirely accurate. The rest is as close as we could get. He wiped sweat from his brow. When these doors open, you're going to see things that you won't like. Things that will stay with you forever. And what we do is out of necessity, not malice. He looked at the floor number, and I followed suit. Two more. We're not bad people, he said with quiet assurance. The elevator came to a stop, and the doors opened to the madness inside. Orange emergency lights flashed as dozens of people flitted across the room, passing information along at a level that was almost shouting. Parker rushed out and joined them. The large reception area had been converted into a makeshift command center, and the counter desk was filled with people standing in front of laptops. The video wall that normally played a looping animation with the company logo instead displayed live feeds from multiple cameras at the Monroe office. It was almost identical to our office in layout and presentation, but what was happening there was something out of a nightmare. I hurried to an out-of-the-way corner and watched the chaos unfold in horror. Too many things were happening at once to grasp. My eyes darted from stream to stream, lingering only long enough to process what I was seeing. Groups of people in multiple places were viciously beating each other with anything they could carry and swing, or their bare, bloodied hands. And when one person fell... Others would swarm like insects and continue pummeling with enough force to break their own bones. The melee would then continue with the people still standing, and the cycle would repeat. In a break room, a man had placed pieces of flesh and bone on the counter next to the sink, while a woman was cutting pieces off of a man on the table, who was calmly stroking her hair while she sawed at him with a small knife. The man at the sink was busy sewing the parts to his torso, one by one, with the emergency medical kit. His skin was a patchwork of viscera, and on his face was a look of concentration, as though he were simply repairing ripped fabric. In the back of a hallway, someone had carried a chair from the reception area and used it to reach the ceiling. They ripped the plastic covering off of the fluorescent light and tossed it aside, then reached up and yanked. A bulb fell to the ground and shattered. They stepped off the chair and squatted over the shards, then proceeded to scoop them up in both hands and dump it all into their mouth. A conference room was untouched and empty, save for a nude woman standing in the corner. Setting on top of her head like a tiara was a severed jaw. She was laughing hysterically. 
The people around me were growing more frantic as the situation worsened, giving updates about failed procedures and protocols. One of the streams blacked out as a bloodied man covered the lens with something. The lights changed from orange to red. Someone loudly ordered to double-check the comms, triple-check, goddammit. A voice cut through, and everyone fell silent. A woman in a long plaid skirt and white blouse stepped out of the elevator, dark hair pulled into a messy bun. A hole was made so she could have an unobstructed view of the carnage taking place. Some part of me recognized her as a site manager, but her name eluded me at the moment. Most of my higher functions were still trying to cope with the situation at hand without completely breaking down. She stared at the screens, unblinking. Ma'am? Spoke a meek voice in front of a laptop. Purge it, she said. Protocol Tango Delta Oscar Lima. I heard typing for a moment, then Parker approached her with a laptop. He held it out, and she scanned her fingerprint, then inserted a thumb drive. A confirmation password screen popped up. She typed it in and rested her finger on the enter key. All eyes went back to the screens. Twisted atrocities were on every feed. It was quiet enough to hear the tap as she executed the command. The sprinkler system in the Monroe office erupted, spraying everything. Bewildered, I wondered what water would do to stop anything. Then I saw the flesh boil and peel and fall away as the spray continued. Hydrochloric acid doused everyone and everything. That was finally enough for me, and I stared at the floor. It was silent in the room. It lasted for possibly a minute, and I don't know if anyone moved or exhaled during that time. Finally, thankfully, the feeds were cut and the screens turned off. Sparse chatter as instructions were given and acknowledged. Parker had retreated with the laptop, and the site manager directed the department leads to a meeting behind closed doors. We had lost a site, but we still had jobs to do. I stood there as people cleared out, and the lobby emptied. As I hung my head, a hand was placed firmly on my shoulder. It was Terrence, a research supervisor. You're going to be okay, he said. I tried calling in today. I wasn't even going to be here, I told him. What you saw today, up there, he motioned toward the video wall. That's the reason we do what we do. To make sure things like that don't get out into the world. He squeezed my shoulder and dropped his hand down. I've seen multiple containment protocols carried out. Mostly small scale. Today was a very rare occurrence. He looked behind him. T-Dolls are actually one of the kinder protocols. 
With some effort, I willed myself to my desk and began the autonomous task of copy making. The time frame from when I stepped off the elevator to setting down at my desk was less than 30 minutes. An entire site lost. All those people. The menial tasks that I dreaded each day now carried an enormous weight. I stopped and looked up at the sprinkler above me. What exactly did we have at our site? And what would happen if it got out? Mm-hmm.